What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, to celebrate the 100th episode of the Rewatchables podcast, Quentin Tarantino returns for the third and final movie in his three-part series with us. In the final episode, Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy discuss with Quentin one of his favorite movies, the 1990 crime thriller King of New York. Make sure to check out this special episode and follow at the Rewatchables on Twitter for highlights of all 100 episodes. Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, normally joined by my producer, Steve Allman. He's not here. Uh, Isaac Lee, my other producer, he's also not here. A special guest production appearance by Bobby Wagner is here. Gloves are off, baby. Buddy, Time to throw out all the good takes. It's wonderful that you're here. Uh, your name is Bobby. Sometimes I call you Bob. Sometimes I hit you with a Rob. Who knows what's going to happen on the show? Whatever you need to do, man. It's very exciting. Uh, I'm thrilled to see you. Also, a happy MLK Day to everybody. It's a big day for our country. A big day in the league as well. 14 games going on today. Only the Clippers and Mavs not in action. They'll play on Tuesday. A lot for us to get into. Uh, and we'll do that shortly. want to thank you guys for listening. A reminder to please rate and review us. And don't forget about all the great NBA content on TheRinger.com. Also, great NFL content on TheRinger.com. want to shout out the NFL team and also Danny Heifetz, who wrote about Andy Reid making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, B-Wags, how do you feel about Andy Reid getting back there? Well, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I, I don't hold any animus towards him for getting back there. I think it's kind of good. It's a nice narrative arc. You know, everybody's dumped on him for a very long time. In, and, including me, uh, for many, many years, although I've come around on Andy, I want nothing but good things for him. I want nothing but good things for Danny Heifetz. That too. Danny's done a <laughs> Go read his stuff. Go read his stuff. He's done an excellent work, as has Paolo Ugetti, who wrote about Markel Fultz finding himself in Orlando. Womp womp for the Sixers, but good for Markel Fultz. Also, Paolo also has his regular Monday morning column up on Zion's pending return and potential trade questions. That's a fun one. Haley wrote about Kyrie Irving already once more help in Brooklyn. We're going to get into Kyrie in a second. He's been popping off. And then Dan wrote about the biggest delights and disappointments at the midway point in the season. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about Dan's story and piggyback off of it and give some of our uh, delights and disappointments. But first, let's review the latest news from around the league and bring in our regular contributors, Dan and Haley. Boom, shakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! All right, so after we recorded this and before we go on to uh, the top of the show here, news came in that Chandler Parsons says that he suffered a potentially a career-ending injury in a car crash. Uh, according to a statement by his lawyer, Parsons suffered multiple severe and permanent injuries, including a traumatic brain injury, disc herniation, and a torn labrum. Uh, allegedly, the person who struck him in the uh, car crash was charged with a DUI. So uh, we're not sure what kind of condition he's in. And it seems that, uh, according to Chris Haynes, that his return to play is unclear. But we just wanted to uh, send out uh, our thoughts and prayers to Chandler Parsons and hope that he has a speedy recovery. All right, one of them is in studio on his way across the country on our NYC HQ. It's Heat Check Coast to Coast with, you know what? They're not just regulars. They're my favorites. It's Haley and Dan. Thank you, guys. Aww. And that we makes got Bobby really here. Good. Hello, everyone. New, new Isaac, new New Bobby. I love it. Yeah. New Steve <laughs> is Bobby. That's what we'll call him. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff to get into. Let's get to it. It's NBA Instant Replay time. 
We have a trade. The Blazers sent Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two second-round picks to the Kings for Trevor Ariza, Wenyan Gabriel, and Caleb Swanigan. Initially, people were like, WTF, uh, what's happening here? But Woj explained it to everybody. The Blazers saved $12.3 million and cut their luxury tax bill in half. Uh, Haley, do we like this? I like it for the Blazers. Uh, my instinct, even before considering how this herp- helps or hurts the team, is, oh, good for them. Because if you th- if you trace this back, it can be traced back to Evan Turner, which has like always been a little bit embarrassing for them. They shaded him to the Hawks for Bazemore this summer, mm. and now obviously sent Bazemore for this, so they have to pay a lot less. And they are saving twelve point three million in salary, but their luxury tax bill, they're saving $16 million. Right. They cut that in half. So uh, the, the numbers here, Dan, not exactly sexy stuff to discuss, uh, but Kent Bazemore for a team that like really needs help has been injury ravaged, uh, a disappointment for the Blazers this season. Yeah. I mean, the part of the problem is just that like Kent Bazemore is a guy that can guard three positions that, but one of them is not power forward or mm. center, you know? So like what they've needed without Al Farouk Amina, without uh, Mo Harkless and with the injuries they've had in the front court is somebody else that can plug in the gaps up front. He's, he's just not the right guy for that team right now. Um, the thing that I, I'm most interested about with this is just, is this a precursor to something bigger for Portland or not? Like when we looked at who might be sellers, I kind of suggested the idea for them might be like ride out the suck. Like don't sell off anything important. Just be bad this year. Try to do your best to make the eighth seed. But if it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. Sometimes years don't go your way. Um, the best, the, their biggest move now might be something like if you can u- move uh, Hassan Whiteside to get out of the luxury tax completely, that might be a way to do things. But it's probably like this is a precursor to them not doing a ton and just kind of saying, we'll give it a shot with uh, Dame and CJ and Melo and see where we go from here. Riding out the sock. Uh, farewell, Kent Bazemore. He's gone. Mike Connolly is back. He returned on Saturday in a win over the Kings. Missed a month with a hamstring injury. He played 15 minutes. He took three shots. He made one. Uh, down season for Connolly across the board. Dan shooting 36 percent from the floor. All his counting stats are down from a season ago with the Memphis Grizzlies. The Jazz, however, are humming right along. Uh, do we think Connolly will get it together? Yeah, I mean, I'd bet on track record more than anything else. You know, it's a guy that's averaged, you know, about 15 points and six assists a game for 12 years. It's a career 37.5% three-point shooter before he got to Utah. Like, there's a track record of stability there. And realistically, all he needs to do with the way the Jazz are playing right now, just to get himself back into the rhythm of things, is be like Emmanuel Moutier or better. So he's going to take those backup point guard minutes right now because that starting lineup is killing people with him out, uh, out of the out of the mix. So all he has to do right now is just be that level of okay and then figure it out from there. I have confidence that he's going to get there. I like, I like Mike Conley's ability to clear the Emmanuel Mutier bar. Uh, and as you mentioned, they are playing really well, uh, Haley. They're 29-13 as we record this. They're in fourth place in the Western Conference. They are 9-1 and one over their last 10. To Dan's point, like if they get anything out of Mike Conley... They should be contenders in the West, no? Yeah, absolutely. It also doesn't have to be that a team improves because a player is out. The Jazz were 12-2 and without Conley, I think. But that doesn't mean they can't just plug him back in. I think him being out genuinely helped them figure it out because it helped Donovan Mitchell assess like, okay, I need to do more. And I we shouldn't have been splitting this the way that we were splitting this. But that doesn't mean that they can't plug Conley back in. That doesn't even make sense. He's so much more talented. Than yeah, he's really good. I, I love him. Uh, you know who else is really good? And also back to his old self. Kyrie Irving is back to doing <laughs> his Kyrie Irving thing. He recently told The Athletic that he might not come out and say things publicly because that only puts a lot more emphasis on the situation. And we all went, huh, maybe Kyrie is growing a little bit. 
so much for that. After a loss to the Sixers last week, Kyrie said, it's transparent. It's out there. It's glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order to be at the next level. He cited the injuries and continued by saying, we've got complimentary young guys that have done a great job the last three years. Wait for it. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring. We need one piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DJ. Uh, he gave Garrett Temple a shout out in this one. Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Uh, I love Kyrie popping off, but for the two of you, Haley, we'll go, this feels like it's right in your wheelhouse. Thoughts on Kyrie <laughs> returning to his unique brand of leading by talking. Why is this in my wheelhouse? This is your kind of thing I think you oh, enjoy. Oh, no, it is, it is. Uh, well, first of all, if you're talking about Kevin Durant, the first person that you're mentioning is Kevin Durant, then you're thinking past this season. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking past the season, why are you talking about it publicly halfway through this one? especially if you've just gotten back, it's bad leadership to indicate to the people around you that they are not enough. That's a conversation to have with management. Obviously, he's allowed to talk with management. That's the only reason they signed DeAndre Jordan. I so mean, that's where you should, that's where you take it. You don't take it to the media. I care not at all about his leadership and very much about the content. And I have staked out my corner on this one, on this podcast multiple times. The more he talks, the better it is. I hope he never shuts up. Dan, I'm very curious about your take here. I could see you going either way. I could see you being excited about the content, but also like, okay, boomering this. Which way are you going? <laughs> Um, I think it'd be weird for me to okay boomer Kyrie Irving because I, I think I'm, I'm significantly more of a boomer than him. But yeah. I think to me, the, the thing, well, the, honestly, the next thing that, that Kyrie said in that presser was even more wilder. Quote, when I was out for those seven weeks and not saying anything, but people are still saying things about me, it's inevitable. You know, they crucified Martin Luther King for speaking about peace and social <laughs> integration. You know, you can go back to historical <laughs> leaders and great people uh. in society who do great things and they're still going to talk shit about them. It is what it is. So I don't think Kyrie is necessarily comparing himself to Martin Luther King Jr., but you're, it's in the ballpark. And I think the, 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 it's, you, it leads you to wonder what the lessons are that he learned from his time in Boston and how he's applying them in Brooklyn. Ultimately, as you guys are talking about, this is a gap year. All that's going to happen here is, can we figure out some things that we can bring into next season once we have a healthy Kevin Durant? The concern, and it's the concern that a lot of people have had since the beginning of the season, is that things go so wobbly and so haywire while you're waiting that it's just even giving, getting Kevin Durant back doesn't solve all your problems. I'm not sure this gets you there, but I don't think it gets you further away from that either. I, I Like I said, I just want him to keep talking. Uh, and the, the idea of like him trying to self-censor, that was never going to really work. And now we're back to the usual Kyrie, and I'm here for it. Uh, we've talked about that a lot, though. We've talked about this next topic uh, quite a bit on this show as well, so we won't spend too much time on it. So much for the proposed schedule changes to the NBA, according to Woj, who just had a monster weekend. NBA has informed, <laughs> per use, uh, the NBA has informed teams that it will continue to take lo a long look at changes to the NBA calendar, but will no longer take a vote. At the NBA's Board of Governors meeting in April, uh, there were concerns about protecting Christmas Day and travel for the final four reseeding proposals. Uh, according to Woj, the NBA has been working closely with teams, the NBA PA and stakeholders, and wants to continue studying how in-season tournaments, play-ins for the 7-8 seeds, and the reseeding on the final four could, and this is the important part, best be planned and monetized in the long run. I think there we have it. Uh, it was always about the money, was it not, Dan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, when we've had this conversation before, I've wondered, like, 
how are you going to get 30 extremely wealthy ownership groups on board with maybe making less money from fewer games in the schedule? So if you cut it from 82 to 78, you're losing those home dates. Um, and it sounds like nobody's really got a great answer for that yet. So until they have an, an explanation that's going to make this at worst revenue neutral and hopefully, rev, you know, like making you more money, I don't think you're going to get any movement on it. All right, Haley, I want you to join me in this next one because I, I wanted to run through all that other stuff just so we could leave ourselves some time for this next topic. So I found out something very exciting over the weekend. We like to think of Heat Check as a family, right? I mean, you guys are you guys are my coworkers and my friends, but really when good things happen to you, I feel like good things happen to us. And Haley, how exciting is it that Dan Devine has an all-star vote? He's all grown up. You're all grown up. What did you say? Blog boy turns into blog man. I feel like it, it just took me like a smooth decade to get here. But yeah, I'm all grown up. Um, um, the NBA offered me a, a vote I won, as one of the, me- the voting members of the media panel for all-star starters. And uh, I freaked out and I said, yes, thank you. And now I've been freaking out ever since. So I'm freaking out. This is amazing. I wrote down, it's like we all have a vote. Hooray, heat check. <laughs> and I put it in all caps because that's how excited I was. And I am. So let's talk about, uh, did you submit the ballot yet? How does this work? Do they pay you extra money for it? Uh, can you, do you have Adam Silver <laughs> on the text message now? How does this work? Uh, no extra money. Uh, okay. no, no money exchanging hands for votes. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> This is the um, wrong way to do it. I would immediately be, uh, you could totally bribe me. Yeah. That said, if anybody does want to hit my Venmo up, let's talk about it <laughs> offline. Um, Caruso. <laughs> this is how you get in. This is this amazing. This is the way you make the, yeah, that's how the sausage gets made. Um, so yeah, you, know, you get a, a, a link to a form and you can fill in names. You pick two guards and three front, front court players for each conference. You have until 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Monday, January 20th to submit it. So I have not submitted the ballot yet. I've been going through it and trying to figure it out. And I'm wondering if maybe you guys can help me. This is wonderful. We're going to get a sneak preview and help him out. Hit us. I honestly, I would not trust myself to help you. This, this is, is no, because you got to get. <laughs> I'm going to leave this to you and just whatever you say, I'm going to clap. Listen, you, I have an app on my phone I specifically downloaded today that has an air horn on it. So whenever you say one, I'm just going to press the air horn. I love Bobby, this. Bobby, I'm sure this will help you a lot with your editing. Yeah, it's going to go great. Haley, you need to prepare, though, because the next person on the show to get a vote is going to be you. It's not going to be me. The NBA is going to come to you next. I did. Look, she's, she's, I'm telling you guys directly, do not do that. This no, I think it would be wonderful. Idea. It would be wonderful. I will vote in Alex Caruso and Taco <laughs> Fall. All right, Dan, hit us. What do you got? All right. So, uh, two, uh, so like I said, three front court spots, two guard spots for each conference. Um, mm-hmm. Start out in the East. Uh, obviously lock Giannis Adetokounmpo at number one. Haley, please do not get the app. All right. Um, bear, bear, bear. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> Haley is the app. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Um, for the second front court spot, uh, I put Jimmy Butler out of the Miami Heat, um, okay. which bummed me out because I was like, why can't I make Jimmy Butler a guard on this team? But I'm not allowed to. The drop down menu says he is not a guard. He is a forward. That's a story for another That's day. That's dumb. Um, third front court spot, we're going to come back to. Okay. Because I have an open spot on my on my little spreadsheet here, and yes, I do have a spreadsheet because I am a sick nerd. Um, the, la- and the 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 guard spots I have in here: Kemba Walker of your fight in Boston Celtics team that uh, Gonz, I know you're a big fan of. Yeah, uh, and also and also somebody from a, a team that I know you are a big fan of: Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. Shoot a three, um, make the All Star game. I it, it, honestly, to me, it's more the other. It's the other side of it. I'm. It is a vote as a uh, for the value of everything else Ben Simmons does, which is everything else. Yeah. Uh, at a great or elite level, 
and then this being the other thing. So I think that the the overall value and what he has been to them, especially as a def- on the on the defensive end, uh, has been you know sort of incalculable. So that's that's my vote there. Other names under consideration in the backcourt. Jalen Brown in Boston has been fantastic. Malcolm Brogdon uh, for you know has been has been t- uh, tremendous as on the ball in Victor Oladipo's absence in, in Indiana. I couldn't get myself to Trey Young as a starter, being like maybe the worst defensive player in the league, even how great he is offensively. I just couldn't get myself there. Uh, and you know Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, a slew of other names, and the front court spot. So if you mention if if you remember, there was one empty yes, spot there. I do remember. I've been listening intently. Um, so I have four names that I'm trying to figure out for that spot. Hit us. Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Pascal you, Siakam. You, you, you're good. You don't, don't even need I, the other three I, names. End it there. Uh, Pascal. Go ahead. Pascal Siakam. DeMontis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo. Ooh. So are so, we, uh, we're really having this conversation? Dude, well, going well, strong. Well, here's- Email okay. it in and be like, I'm here. You guys can't take this away from me. <laughs> so here's the thing. All right. The best player of those four players is Joel Embiid. Yes. Am I right, Gons? You are he correct. Ha- are he you? has he has played eleven <laughs> fewer games than Bam Adebayo, nine fewer games than Sabonis, and about five hundred fewer minutes than than Adebayo, and four hundred fewer minutes than Sabonis. Both Embiid and Siakam have played thirty one games, being out from injury. So the question is, are they? better full stop than those other two players by enough to make up that gap. So just to remind you of your history here, because if you uh, aren't aware of it, you'll be doomed to repeat it. This is the same argument that ended up with Malcolm Brogdon as the rookie of the year instead of Joel Embiid. He's the best player. (laughs) Just put him in. Also, know your audience. Uh, (laughs) I just did a whole thing about how we're family and we're debating this thing. This isn't know your audience. That's know your direct superior who's allowing you to be on this This is show. not, this is, listen, this is a kumbaya mm. show. We each have one third of All the right. program. I'm going to leak our text exchange where you thread us <laughs> every week to say nice things about the Sixers. I, I vote for Embiid. What is your vote? No, it's Embiid, yeah. So the the fact that Siakam like sort of took that leap from like almost star to like MVP candidate in the first quarter of the season doesn't weigh in for you guys. It does. I love Pascal Siakam. He's but an all star. He's missed the same amount of games. No, if if Pascal had played more games, then yes. I don't even. Th- I don't think it's that big of a gap between him and Embiid. Uh, I, don't, I don't think. I, it, I don't think it's a. a sub- I mean, not, I'm not saying in talent. I'm not saying in potential. No, Pascal's incredible. But this season. Yeah. Pascal's incredible. I'm still going in beat. And, and, and part of that is baked in Phillyism, but it also of course. legitimately me going like, if I had to pick one of those two players, I would pick Embiid because I just think he's, he's got the edge. Uh, wh- which way are you going to go? I have until 11.59 PM tonight. Oh, so I'm come thinking on. about I'm doing a podcast come here. On. You can't hedge on this. You got to tell the people what you're going to do. Oh my I God. He's le- picking I on the spot right now. I am leaning toward Embiid for the reasons that you said, like the idea that when he's out there, he is a more valuable and better all-around player than the other guys. The idea of not having a Raptor or uh, a Pacer represented in the starting lineup and having two Sixers, given the way that season has gone, is yeah. kind of a little bit shaky to me. It's weird. So I'm, st- I'm still wrestling with that a little bit. I think the 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 first cut is going to be out of bio. So my apologies to Bam. You are one of one, but you are not one of my starting five. And we will figure out the rest from there. But I'm leaning Embiid, and we'll see where the rest of the day takes I'll me. take it. That's good enough for now. Give us the Western Conference. All right. Uh, AI, there's a similar open spot here, but I think it's a little clearer. But we, I'll see what you guys think. Uh, first two front court spots are both Lakers. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I don't see any way you can argue around that. Um, there is a blank next to that. 
Okay. And then uh, in the backcourt, again, I don't know that how you can argue against James Harden and Luka Doncic. I think those are two, those are four pretty much like oh, why, easily understood lead pipe locks. Yeah. The final spot in the front court, uh, I, 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 this is the truth. It is sad, but it's true. Before I went to bed last night, I laid down in bed and thought, oh man, what's the difference in games played and minutes played between Kawhi Leonard and Nikola Jokic? <laughs> Let me go just over quick to basketball reference and just run a player comparison finder and see what that is. And Sarah was like, what are you doing? I thought you were in bed. And I was like, I, I had to just do a thing for work. I didn't explain to her what it was because I thought I might've gotten divorced on the spot. Um, it would have been better if you had just said watching porn. It would have been less nerdy. Like it would have been, it would have been easier for you to handle. Yeah, that's true. It would have been less embarrassing and more understandable. Yeah. Um, but so having done that, um, the it's a similar kind of deal. Kawhi has played in thirty three games. Jokic has played in forty two. It's about two hundred and fifty minutes or so difference. Advanced stats actually lean toward Jokic on this. Win shares per forty eight. Box plus minus value over replacement player. Um, the a lot of these sort of line up leaning toward Jokic. Um, Kawhi's got a higher PER. Has he's been awesome? Like twenty seven seven and five when he's been in the game. Um, it's hard, but like but the the overall net rating stuff. Jokic is about plus fourteen plus per hundred. Kawhi's plus ten per hundred. And you're talking about again a nine or ten game difference for teams that are like up in that upper crust of the West. So what say you? Is Kawhi Leonard better by enough to make up that gap? I feel so hypocritical because what, even when you were saying those two players, I was like, Jokic, Kawhi has not played enough at all. Mm-hmm. See, that's Yet what I'm talking about, man. This a, stuff drives you nuts. All right, maybe I'm taking, maybe, well, no, because Pascal missed the same amount and there's it really has to be to, between them. Uh, yeah, I was Jokic 100%. Listen, uh, as I established in the first part of this conversation, I'm all about where the numbers lead me. So clearly it's, <laughs> it's Jokic. I mean, why would this even be a conversation? See, that's the, okay, the thing that I have a hard time with, though, is that it goes back to that uh, that and sort of Embiid versus the field argument of like when Embiid's on the floor, he is clearly either the best player on the floor or the second best player on the floor in every game he plays. Right. Just about. Sure. This one, it's like I th- Jokic can be that. And is that a lot of time? He wasn't that for like the first month. And then he's been sensational since Kawhi was that dipped and has been unbelievable for the last like six weeks or so or, or a month or so. So it's like, where do you go? I think if I'd rather have Kawhi Leonard than, than Nikola Jokic, if I needed it for one game, but over the course of the full body work, it's a little bit harder to, to sort of parse that value. The distance in minutes played and games played is not as vast as it is for uh, Embiid and some of those other guys in the, in the Eastern front court. But I wonder, I'm, I'm thinking about like trying to weigh that value proposition. And honestly, I'm not really sure where I'm at with it right now. This is incredible. Do, do either of you watch The Good Place? Bobby, do you watch The Good Place? I do, yeah. yes. This is, this is a very cheaty, like you're basically cheaty. There's no there's no perfect solution here, guy. Just go with your gut, as Katie said on uh, when he was uh, tweeting. It's just the all-star game. It's not that serious. Well, see, you say that. But I know you're not. You're, you're right. not the one whose mentions are going to be a friggin' tire fire and a, and like a, a super fun site like the Gowanus Canal when this all goes up and is public and I have to write about it. So it's easy for you to say, man. It is. You it don't is know in the fact power easy of the for vote guns. That's true. You're right. It is easy for me to say, and I did say it. But I wish you luck, and I'm very excited about you getting the vote. And you'll tell us eventually uh, if you don't spontaneously combust. One second, I'm picking. I'm go- I'm going to need real quick yes or no or quick answer. New Steve. New old Isaac, Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Where are you going on this? Which one in each conference? Uh, oh, so I get to I get to vote on both yeah. conferences. Okay, yeah, you well, do. I, I'd like for you. I would like you to get very hard behind Sabonis and just make it like your weird internet corner. <laughs> but if it were me, I would choose Embiid for the fun of it because it's an entertaining game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then between Kawhi and Jokic, I would go with Kawhi just because I feel like the reason that Jokic holds the edge on all of the you know advanced stats that you were listing is because he's been weirdly lucky on defense despite the fact that he doesn't really pass the eye test. So mm. in this specific instance, I would just like to see Kawhi. He's a smart man. It's why we brought him in to uh, fill in for... Isaac and Steve. I, you know what? I'm with them. I'm going uh, Embiid and Kawhi as well. Final thoughts on this? No, Embiid and Jokic. Okay. Well, there you go, Dan. You'll have to think that through. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. I really he'll, appreciate it. He'll just, he'll just hey, be. Don't a, fuck it up. A pool of sweat this entire time. <laughs> that was NBA Instant Replay. Let's go to the main event. All right, so Dan, you wrote a fun story about disappointments and delights from the midway point of the season. We thought we'd go around the horn and we'll each list one delight and one disappointment. Haley, you decide. Do you want to do delights or disappointments first? Uh, delights. Okay, give us your delight. Get some positivity. Dan, are you doing the Grizzlies? I was gonna. No, nope, I want you... you to have them. I want you to have them. I have many delights this season. Okay, great. One is the Grizzlies. I won't deny it. Okay. But I will pull an audible because I am intelligent and I can do that. And, <laughs> and I'm I going to vamping. say the Miami Heat. The Miami the Heat. The Miami Heat. Absolutely. All of their young players are so exciting. Kendrick Nunn is very fun. Um, Duncan, Tyler, they're great. I love Bam. I've loved seeing him grow. Jimmy Butler. It's been so much fun seeing, like, he only wants that mentality and now he's matched up perfectly with a franchise who can give him that. It's been fun to see him lead a team legitimately because in the Sixers, he had to play a role and I think he was fine with that. With the Wolves, he wanted to be the guy to elevate them and he was, but they just never meshed. He's with the Heat. The Heat are good again. The NBA is fun when the Heat are good again. We don't talk about that enough. Like, you know, we say that with the Celtics and the Knicks, which never happens, but it's true of the Heat too. Oh, I'm sorry. Haley just sniping at me out of nowhere. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't didn't mean that. We didn't need that. Anyway, I'm going to say them. I also want to say that if no one else says it, the Thunder are a delight. and A surprise for sure. Yeah. Yes, and and also a delight because I love watching SGA. And uh, we've got to say the Raptors, Pascal. And it's just been fun. Also a surprise. It's been fun. They are legitimately fun to watch too. No doubt about it. Uh, And as we know, Raptors Twitter, NBA, NBA show here loves you. And uh, you guys are fantastic. We love and you and please, we support you and we recognize you and we see you. Please don't come for us. Uh, Dan Devine, what's your delight? <laughs> you mean besides that? Um, yeah. My, uh, I'm going with, as Haley mentioned, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I'd like it noted for the record. Mm-hmm. I got the Grizzlies in the third round of our league pass draft back in October. <gasps> That's yeah. true. I probably said the worst things about that. You were an early adopter. Isaac, I think, might have taken the Kings first. So oh. shout out to, you know, you know, God bless the dead, Isaac Lee. But um, yeah, the the Grizzlies have been I mean, gone to me, and forgotten. <laughs> to me, uh, John Morant might be the most exciting player in the NBA right now. Yeah, um, he's incredible. Jaron Jackson Jr. is really moving toward like a full on unicorn status. He's shooting more threes. He's playing fantastic on on the break and on defense. Jonas Valanciunas just sort of brutalizes dudes every now and again, which is a lot of fun to watch. You forget about him, but he's like super important to their starting lineup. And all the young guys are coming along. Dylan Brooks is having a fantastic year. Tyus Jones has been great for them off the bench. DeAnthony Melton, I talked about last week, absolutely love what he brings to the team. They are legitimately exciting, and you could see the fun they're having. It's so much fun to watch them enjoy what they're doing. Uh, I, I can't stress enough. If you have League Pass, if you get the chance to catch them, you will not regret it. Ja is 
like a one-man band, man. Like that Cavs game where he threw down the one-handed alley-oop that he got from uh, Crowder that was just incredible and dynamic. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe he he threw that down. And then also he would have had what would have been the assist of the year where he had this, in the same exact game, he had this spinning behind the back, no look, incredible pass to Triple J who then got blocked. He had no idea, but he like he was watching the ball come into his hands and yeah. even from the back view, you can tell he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is for me? It was like, this is not way. supposed to be he's here. He's like, you're too high up to be doing this right yeah. now. Uh, he's it incredible. Was, it was beautiful. Please, 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 please watch him. As yeah, he's as super, can. super fun. Uh, all right, not super fun, but I'm picking them as my delight anyway because I'm sort of a bastard <laughs> this way. I'm going to, my delight this year, because I, schadenfreude, I've said this before, I've written it before, but it's true. It's a German word, but it's functionally Philadelphian. <laughs> uh, I like I love Schadenfreude, and what is better than the New York Knicks? Dan Devine's New York Knicks, not to Knicks fans, but for everybody else, have been a friggin' delight this year because they can't get out of their own way per usual. James Dolan, uh, just being an asshole consistently <laughs> to just everybody in New York. I love it. Steve Mills and Scott Perry holding that impromptu press conference where they're like, this isn't going well. Uh, David Fesdale, bless his heart. Collect those checks. Put your feet up. Have a little drink with an umbrella in it and just like cash the money. Good for you on getting out. I love that they like that there's this uh, rumor that they're interested in Andre Drummond when they have Mitchell Robinson. I mean, because of course, if you can lock in Andre Drummond, that's the thing you want to do. I love the story about how they don't want to trade Marcus Morris because, again, if you've got a journeyman that you've overpaid, you got to hold on to him. And then maybe my favorite story of the whole NBA season was the kid who made. The half-court shot when our guy Zach Cram shouts to Zach and his Zachs. Uh, the Knicks hadn't made a half-court shot. They were like 0 for 76 over like the last five years. And this guy comes out of the stands and makes a half-court shot, and they reward him with $1,000 worth of friggin' scratchers, which he's probably still scratching off right now. <laughs> Knicks, holy shit, do I love the Knicks. Gons, what happened to he check as a family, man? What happened to yeah, his vibe? Yeah, it's like the, I was like, I, my jaw was open for like five minutes while you were saying that. I couldn't believe <laughs> you went. so fun. What's the opposite of an air horn? Like, what's something I could do to show this is really disrespectful? <laughs> a sad, womp womp. sad trombone. I mean, are you, you're not a Knicks fan, are you? No, I'm That's not. That's what I'm saying. Don't, like, as a non-Knicks fan, don't you love it when the Knicks just like fucking trip trip into a rake and, and smack themselves in the face. It happens I, all the time. I don't love it because I'm not, I'm an NBA agnostic when it comes to teams, but I am also a Mets fan in baseball and it oh. is very reminiscent of that. And Dan Devine, you can, you can speak to this pain and I, I can't even imagine what it, it's like to be a fan of both. So no, I well, don't, I don't wish that ill on any other fan? fan of any other sports. Yes, I am. Yeah. It's oh, I, yeah. Dan. I know you are Bobby. I've, it's tough stuff. I just uh, made Dan really sad. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, no, no, so it's that cool. Was... What time is it? Time for drinks? Let's go. Let's <laughs> everybody. Uh, all right. So that was our delights. Let's do disappointments. Haley, you lead off again. Uh, my disappointment is the 38 and six bucks. No, I'm just kidding. It's Dan. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. It's the Sixers. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Gon. No, please. Uh, I just thought they'd have it more together by now. And it's really that simple. They have so much potential. And I understand that I've seen on Sixers Twitter, let's just appreciate this for what it is. Um, and then, you know, y'all flip-flop a lot because then there's Sixers Twitter who's like, these two are never going to work together and we need to figure it out right now. It's really as simple for me as I thought they'd be better and I wish they were better because it would make everything a lot more fun. 
It would be. It would be a lot better uh, for everything, all my friends and family at home when I was there for the holidays. They just spent the entire time talking uh, spicy about Brett Brown, who, as you guys know and listeners to the show know, I love and I hope everybody leaves him the hell alone. Uh, I disapprove of this pick, Haley O'Shaughnessy, although we might be uh, of a similar mindset when we get to me in a second. Uh, Dan Devine, your disappointment. Uh, we'll go quickly through this. The Sacramento Kings, um, some of it's not anybody's fault. You know, they've had injuries to De'Aaron Fox and uh, Marvin Bagley and Bogdan Bogdanovich is hurt now. Rashawn Holmes, who was awesome for them early in the season, is hurt. Um, they've had like a real disjointed season because they haven't had their full team together. haven't really developed a rhythm. But they're doing shit that, may, that they should know better than to do. Like what was good about them last year, what worked was that they played fast. They let Fox and Buddy Heald get out in the open floor and just run rampant, fire up threes, get to the rim. They were third in pace last season under Dave Yeager, according to NBA.com, all the way down to 28th this season under Luke Walton. Slowest offense in the league after a turnover, which is like nuts when you have Fox and you can get out on the break in the open court. Um, everything that was fun and loose is like just feels really tight right now. Uh, there was a really notable quote, I thought, according to Marcus Breton of the Sacramento Bee, they gave up 123 to Utah in a blowout loss this weekend. Afterward, Luke Walton was asked why the team wasn't playing more physical, and he reportedly said, I don't know, you'd have to ask them, which is not really what you want to hear from the coach halfway through the season, and guys are like, you're losing, you're getting blown out, you're not responding, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, well, you got to ask them why they're not giving effort. I don't know, I can't coach that. Um, it seems like it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's not really what we were hoping for for a team that was really exciting last year. Uh, as we said, Isaac picked them very early in our league best draft. Uh, it hasn't been so much fun for, for them to watch. Yeah, shouts to Riley McIntyre, who was really excited about this season and uh, probably less Sorry, so right Riley. now. Kind of a bummer. I also initially, Haley, had the Sixers down. I'm not going to double disappoint them, though, because that, that would be too much. Sixers what? Twitter would would lose their minds. I will say that as my buddy Mike Levin noted uh, from the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Say the name. He noted over the weekend, they didn't lose to the Knicks 90-87. I watched that game and I was like, what the hell is going on with this team? Uh, I don't know. I, I had... High hopes for them this season. They are a uh, built-for-the-playoffs kind of team. Maybe it'll get better, but I'm not going to double-disappoint then, and at least we didn't suggest trading Embiid. So Sixers Twitter, again, in the same way that Raptors Twitter, please don't come for us. Sixers Twitter, please don't come for us. I'll, I'll go to the Western Conference for my disappointment. This sucks. The Portland Trailblazers. I was so excited about them last year. They made the Western Conference Finals for the first time in two decades. I love Portland as a city. I love the aesthetic. I love Dame Lillard as a player. Like, Everything about that team and that experience when you go see a game up there is incredible. And then this year, it's just a bummer, man. The injuries have killed them. Uh, they haven't gotten, uh, they haven't been as consistent as they were last season. They just haven't gotten in a rhythm. They bring in Carmelo Anthony, who's actually played pretty well. And still, that hasn't been a boost as we record this right now. They're trailing the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. Uh, they're also trailing Dan's hated, uh, uh, Coastal Elite Dan Devine's hated San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> they're trading the aforementioned Memphis Grizzlies. This is not where the Portland Trailblazers wanted to be this season. And I don't know that it's any one thing. Like I look at them and I watch these games and I'm going like, you know, injury wise, yes, it sucks. But like, what's going on with them? I can't figure it out. So I think by all accounts, even Ian Carmel, friend of the program uh, and heat check would admit that this is not the way that they wanted to go. Oh, interesting. So I never would have guessed that you had the Sixers. 
I you're, initially you're blindly optimistic. And initially I had them, but I'm not going to double disappoint. Mm-hmm. We can't both disappoint on the Sixers. That's too much disappointment. Yeah, that's a lot of. I can't have it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. My my friends and family <laughs> would come for me. That would be the end. They'd be I'd be disowned. We can't have it. So just one disappointment on the Sixers. I want to note that it was Haley and not me. If you want to reach her, she's <laughs> at Haley O something on Twitter. Uh, feel free to reach out and tell uh, her what you think. Why don't I give them my Venmo while we're at Let's this? Let's do that too. Uh, <laughs> that was the main event. Let's go to everybody. Everybody's favorite segment, Sweeping the Nation. It's time for Good Call, Bad Call. What a bold call here. We'll start it off with John Moran. We mentioned him earlier in the program. Chris Haynes reports that there will be no dunk, dunk contest for John Morant. That is a bummer. Uh, as we said, we, he threw down the business end of a crazy one-headed alley-oop, and it got me wondering, like, oh, man, what kind of like in, insane dunks would he bring out in the dunk contest? Uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy, you always lead us off. Uh, good call or bad call on Josh sitting out the dunk contest. Everything is telling me to say bad call, but mm-hmm. that is so selfish of me. I'm not John Morant's first hater, and I will not be his hater right now. <laughs> Whatever he wants. Good call. If he if it's what he wants, good call. Uh, Dan Devine. Yeah, I mean, good call. We already have the dunk contest participation we need with Dwight Howard. So I'm not I'm I'm yeah. totally fine with that. Boo. <laughs> Bobby Wagner, good call, bad call. Good call. When you know that everybody wants you to do something, you got to make them wait a little longer. Make them earn it. Uh, this is a decidedly BC for me. I <laughs> love Jaw. I was super excited to see him out there. And now, as Dan said, we'll just have to settle for Dwight Howard, who's going to be dynamic. Uh, we move to the next one. LaMelo Ball is leaving the Australian League uh, to prepare for the draft. There was a story going around, possibly apocryphal, that he was leaving to spend more time with his horse. This is not what I'm going to ask you about. This is the part I'm asking <laughs> about. His horse is named, I swear to you, LaMelo. He named his horse after himself, Haley O'Shaughnessy. I cannot wait to get your opinion on this. Naming an animal after yourself, GCBC. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Being from Kentucky and going to high school in Indiana, there are so many horse girls and God bless them. And (laughs) this is, that's such a horse girl thing to do. You love your horse so much you named after yourself. Honestly, this is a testament to how much he loves himself too. And self-love is very important today. I love it. Uh, Dan Devine. Uh, I, I guess, I, I don't know how I can argue against that. I don't have a, as nearly as much horse girl experience as you probably would think. Um, but I'll You'd go be with, an excellent horse girl. I, I, I like to think that I would be a very a caring horse uh, mm-hmm. person, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Uh, g- good call, Lamello. Uh, you have a name that's it's wonderful. You might as well share it. Um, as maybe as long as it's not like Lamelo Jr., that would be a little bit weird. The cross pollination of that kind of thing. But I like that you corrected to horse person. We don't subscribe to gender normative uh, descriptions here at Heat Check. Uh, Bob Wagner, is there a WC for worst call? I hate this <laughs> so much. This is like if I could put on my sports radio caller voice for a sec, like I just wouldn't draft him because of this. This is very alarming. <laughs> oh man, yeah, like you boy, are you in the wrong place? I think you guys know that this is a big time uh, GC for me. It's so weird and I love weird and uh, yeah, man, name your horse after yourself. Why the hell not? In other animal news, we've really found the sweet spot today, the cross section between <laughs> the NBA and animal news. Josh Richardson gave a... Uh, Uh, an interview to Sixers Wire in which he explained that he had wild iguanas in his backyard in Miami and he named them. I'm going to read a quote here. Uh, Well, there's Terry, who was the first one. When I moved in, there he was. He was like a little green one, like light green. Then there was OG Larry because he was really big. He was like big, like dark green, and he had these big spikes on his back. So he was like OG Larry. 
And then there was Barry, who was just real skittish. <laughs> he would just run and uh, kind of piss me off. And that was it. So those are the three. Uh, GCBC on Josh Richardson naming his uh, wild iguanas Terry, OG Larry, and Barry. It's so funny to me when people name their pets human names. Yeah. You know, what I mean? it's like they'll say, this is my dog. Barry. And I'll be like, no, that's Spud. It shouldn't be Barry. <laughs> we, we, uh, so we have two dogs named Dasher and Blitzen. We love Christmas in our house. But initially, uh, Dasher's name was Doug. And we, <laughs> to this day, regret renaming him because Doug the dog is just too goddamn good. So periodically we call him Doug. Uh, I disagree with your take is what I'm saying. I, I kind of like the human names because they're so weird. It's I mean, that that's fine. There, but why are these all, and why is Doug also like an, a 60-year-old guy's name yeah they're all whatever i mean yeah whatever you guys want so what are you doing here uh no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's really not for Haley to say guns really not right. for me to say. <laughs> um i'll do a good call support whatever people want to do she's going good call uh dan which is not far off from doug what do you say it's true uh, i have many dog like qualities i would say uh i think it's a good call because i it feels to me like He's sort of like, it's like a backdoor pilot for an animated series about three iguanas, Terry, Larry, and Barry. Like they like, like in a Huey, Dewey, and Louie type situation where they all rhyme and they get into a mis uh, mischievous adventures. Also, I love the idea that Terry had was fine on one name. Barry was fine on one name. OG Larry. Larry yeah. needed to have a modifier. Mm -hmm. And that really makes me very happy. I like the idea of, of taking a pet and going like, you need something extra. You need an honorific. Like, that's Dr. Harris. That is, you know, like, uh, Sergeant Grimace. That, like, th this is who we're talking about here. Uh, so I think Josh Richardson has done a, a nice job. And better that than like, oh, yeah, that's Josh Richardson, the iguana. Like, if you're LaMelo Ball, yeah, LaMelo's the horse. Josh Richardson, Josh, the iguana? No, thank you. Josh Richardson put some thought into this. Uh, what say you, Rob Wagner? Uh, I'm going to go GC, but Josh Richardson, for the love of God, drop the strain, bro. I love it. I love all of it. Hey! I, love I get that it. reference. I even get that one. This is, a, uh, this is a GC for me as well. Last one for you. This involves our very own Dan Devine and the Grizzlies, who are just all over this podcast. Once again, I want to remind everybody that Hey Check is the one and only Grizzlies podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. That's our team. But Dan wondered aloud why the Grizz played Where Is My Mind by the Pixies in the fourth quarter. Well, guess what? Justin Baker, the Grizzlies DJ, responded to him and said, it's for when we do something cool late game, and it usually signifies we're about to kick into fifth gear, which I call, quote, metal mode. Haley O'Shaughnessy, GCBC on the Grizz going metal mode in the fourth quarter. I had to look up this song. But That's then once okay. I heard it, I, ha I have heard it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, metal mode. Cool. So Me metal. I'm about it. It's a very Memphis thing to do. The grit and grind has now evolved into metal mode. Dan, I, I know where you're going on this. Yeah, I mean, a that's like that's I love that song. It's a good call for me. So any any instance to play, where is my mind? Um, where people younger than me might know that is like the closing scene in Fight Club, like they're when they're watching the buildings blow up. Oh that's yeah, a, that's the, right. The song from there. Um, uh, but it's uh, the idea that any franchise would have something called metal mode. Memphis yeah. sounds exactly right to me. So that uh, I think it's a good call all the way around. Also, if you're watching Memphis on League Pass, they, the music they play throughout the game is just fantastic. There's plenty of great drops, hip hop, rock, metal, whatever. It's 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 a value add to watching games at the Grindhouse. Uh, great call all the way across the board. Yeah, I saw you say uh, if I had if you put me on the spot and asked me which of the thirty teams had metal mode, it would take me roughly seconds to immediately go to Memphis. You're yeah. absolutely right on that, Bob Wagner. Uh, good call. 
I like it just for the fact that maybe some player might roll in wearing like a, a chain wallet and like yeah. a black leather jacket, <laughs> you know, it might inspire some of that. So I I'm love into it. it. Roll up a pack of smokes in your t-shirt. It's a GC for me. And also, uh, Dan and Haley, can we give a GC to Bobby Wagner filling we in today? Can. Really good. Just absolutely killed it today. Bobby Wagner, we want to thank you for filling in uh, for new Isaac, Steve Allman, uh, Dan Devine, Haley O'Shaughnessy. Great job. Thank you, all of you, for listening. Please rate and review us if you don't mind. Check out all of our great content on TheRinger.com. Listen to The Ringer NBA Show on The Ringer Podcast Network. Heat Check will be back next week on Monday. Thanks for listening, gang. Thanks.